which brings me to Dr Anima Kuma at Caltech, where she combines maths with AI, artificial intelligence, to get impressive results in so many fields. Anima Anand Kumar, um, brand professor here at Caltech in computational and mathematical sciences. So do I call you a mathematician or a computer scientist? I think a bit of both. <laughs> May I give you a problem to solve? It's actually in Western Australia as well as South Africa where the square kilometre array is going to have more telescopes looking at the sky than in the whole of human history, getting incredible amounts of data pouring from all over the cosmos. How is that then going to sort out all this information, which is more computing power than almost anywhere in Earth combined, to get a pattern that you want? Absolutely. You know, our data is growing and, you know, especially in these scientific domains, right, we are not even able to record all the data that is coming in. And so I think there has to be data filtering and what data is relevant that has to be fast. And that's what we call at the edge. Like you have to do it at the telescopes even before that comes in. And then the second aspect is how do we combine disparate data from multiple sources across the globe. And here at Caltech, we have Katie Bowman who works on this, you know, who is part of the first imaging of the black hole. And yeah, it's really an amazing scientific endeavor. Yes, indeed. Now, as you look out of the window, of course, you're looking at the pouring rain. And uh, one of the reasons this paradox is happening with weather, as opposed necessarily to climate, is that there's more and more energy into the system. And so you've got winds that used to stay up north coming down south. And many of them are cold. And so all those various things happening. But as you look out of the window, what are you working on today? What sort of puzzle? Yeah, so what I'm asking is, what are the boundaries in terms of what machine learning can accomplish, right? And we continuously see more and more of that gets broken and we get to new frontiers. And the big questions are, can we get to solving much more complicated large-scale differential equations? And through that, can we even design new concepts, ultimately new cars and planes and all kinds of devices? So as an example, we've recently come up with a new design of a medical catheter, uh, which reduces bacterial contamination by about two orders of magnitude. And we're able to do that using these AI-based fluid dynamics solvers. A catheter that actually controls the fluid going in and out of, let's say, one of your orifices? Yes, <laughs> uh, which is very much used in hospitals and is a source of bacterial contamination because the bacteria can swim upstream. And this is uh, a known risk, right? And we are found ways through our fast simulations of fluid dynamics, we can nicely explore the design space very fast. We can directly optimize in the design space. And so I think this comes to the aspect of generative AI, right? You've seen probably lots of great examples of text being generated, images being generated. My goal is, can we also generate designs that are physically valid, as in this example of catheter, and hopefully make it more and more complex? One piece of reassurance, um, could you tell me the date when, um, instead of me, there'll be a machine looking at all the publications of the last 24 hours and writing a wonderful article that is absolutely correct without costing anything, instead of having to pay me a salary, they can just um, dispense? 
Hopefully not anytime soon. Can machines taken all the data today? Certainly, right? Uh, can they generate text? They can, but we don't have factual guarantees. So there is the aspect of these generative AI is they are creative, right? They're going to mix and match different concepts. They're going to come up with new uh, compositions of sentences. So by nature, they're not told what aspects need to be completely factual and what can be creative. I mean, they're kind of implicitly getting that through feedback and through uh, what appears in sentences, but they still have this flexibility, which is also their advantage. But in the case of especially, say, scientific domains, it's a disadvantage because you want it to be factual. But we also know in sciences, there's still some disagreements, right? So which ones are facts versus which ones are disagreements comes with years and years of deep scientific research. And to me, that's harder to replace. I wouldn't say impossible, but that seems quite hard. Final question, uh, the future of AI. Does it please you and excite you or does it worry you rather a lot? I'm very excited. As with any technology, there's going to be pros and cons. But what I have faith is in humanity, right? To really take forth all the positive benefits. You know, we are seeing immense possibilities in terms of drug design, in terms of being able to have scientific simulations and through that new scientific discoveries and inventions. And, uh, you know, I'm really positive about that. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And Professor Anima Anand Kumar returns next week to tell just how they combine maths with machine learning to get results in AI.